0: Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God, one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner.
1: I'm excited, I wanna welcome you here and thank you for being here. Today is the beginning of a brand new series that I'm calling His Masterpiece. And, um, and this is going to be a fun series, uh, but it's also going to be a time of teaching. Somebody say, teaching? We're not going to be preaching a great deal because this series has a lot to do with doctrine. It has a lot to do with God's Word. Let me just share with you that, that not everybody that calls themselves a Christian is on the same page. Um, a lot of times, people will become a Christian, a Christ follower, but yet they do not follow the teachings uh, of God. And, and sometimes, let's just let's just say, let's just give a reason as to why that might be. Sometimes it might be because they just haven't spent very much time um, learning to know God's word. You know, it, it might be brand new. And God bless people that are brand new, born again. Born again Christians, but what we do at that point when we don't have God's Word is sometimes we we kind of create God to be somebody that we can understand in our in our own thinking, our own mind. Well, we know that God is love, and He's about grace and forgiveness and doing to your brother, you know, others as you would like to be done unto you, and so you kind of get the framework of you know you're kind of knowing a little bit about who God is. But then you you make him sometimes who he is not. And so and so it's easy to kind of slide in and out of those things. In fact, I have heard some people say, Well, the Bible says, and I'm like, does it? Well, yeah, the Bible absolutely says, said, well, where is it at? Well, I don't know, the Bible just says. It just says, you know, do me a favor and just go, you know, go look. And then when you find it, please come back. And I'd love to know because I haven't I haven't seen it in there. And so it might be a great idea and it might even grab a hold of the, you know, a portion of the character of God and, and whatnot. But I'm just saying that we need and we live in a day and a time where we really need, you know what I mean, to know. And so this is going to be. More of a teaching series. Why did I call it His masterpiece? Because that's exactly who you are. Amen. You are His masterpiece, and He doesn't make junk, right? You know. In in fact, I want to start with the with the scripture here this morning. Um, for we are God's masterpiece, right? See how creative I am in putting a name together. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so that we can do the good things that He planned for us long ago. A couple of things: we are God's masterpiece. I want you to really look at your life as a um, as a as a, a, a blank canvas, and God is in the middle of creating you to be his masterpiece like God I want you to think about this like God is taking the brush and he's dipping the brush in paint and he's beginning to he's beginning to create something that is excellent Something that that is perfect. The other thing that I want to point out here is this. He has created us anew or he has created us new. You know, sometimes our, our philosophy is that God, you know, we're just a bunch of broken people and we've got all this brokenness and God is in the business of just making you better but not creating us new. Like this would be one of those false those false belief systems that's, that it kind of sounds right, but it's not right. I want you to know this, that God's not taking your brokenness and just picking up your broken pieces and doing his best just to fit them back together. I'm telling you this, that the God that we serve is a God of new beginnings. Like like, in a passage of scripture I'll, I'll be sharing here with you shortly, it says that he... He changes us from the old to the new. He doesn't just make us a little bit better every single day, or, or you know we you know that's not he's not trying to improve you. He's trying to change you, and he will transform you. So I was uh, I was here in the church this last week, and and um, and Matthew called it "Bring your kids." To work day, and so so um, I heard some kind of you know some 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 noise back in the kids wing of the church, and and I'd been working on this message, and and I, I don't know about you, but if I'm behind a computer screen for like an hour to an hour and a half tops, like I just have to push away, and, and I've got to I've got to I've got to usually I find myself at the coffee. Um, you know pot uh, and then I use the restroom and then sometimes I'll just be like just wandering around like I don't have any no direction I'm just like wandering around and so I was walking down to the kitchen for no reason other than to walk and I heard I heard you know some noise you know back in the back and I could hear Victory um, which is Matt and Jana's oldest daughter and then Valor was here as well and he was he was here and So anyway, I walked back there, just wanted to say hi, and... And victory, man! She's got in one of the classrooms. She's got all of her stuff. Like she, I could tell, and I didn't know this about her. I don't know why I didn't know this about her, but I could tell that she was like super passionate about art because because she had an easel and she had she had a canvas that was on the easel, and then there was this box that was opened up, and she had two hundred and twenty five different paintbrushes and 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 colors and and some pencils and and just. She she had all of this spread and I'm just saying parents don't buy this kind of an art set for somebody that's just trying it out. You know what I'm saying? So I began to ask you know Victor I'm like wow you're an artist and and do you love art? And I was even sharing with her that there was a time when I was her age or younger that that I used to love to draw. Like I was super passionate about drawing and I, I get, there was a moment where I could where I challenged her. I was like please don't let this passion that you have you know there's going to be other things competing you know for your attention but one of the regrets that I have as as you know an adult now is that I didn't I didn't continue that that passion that I had and so please keep that alive and I'm challenging her and then all of a sudden I'm walking away and I'm like whoa wait a second this wasn't just a random this wasn't just a random you know, uh, encounter where where I'm talking about, you know, how we're a masterpiece of, of, of God's, you know, creation. And, and then I come across Vic, she's got all of her stuff out. And so I went back and I said, hey, would you do me a favor? Would you do me a favor? Would you paint me? you know, a picture, and she had, she had this, this out, and this, everybody, this is her favorite toy. In fact, she told me, she said, sometimes my mom won't even let me take it out of the house because it's very special, and right, Victory? She's, she's right here. Would you stand up? Just wave at everybody, wave at everybody. She said, she said, this is my favorite animal and she had her, her blank canvas up and and she had started to draw her favorite I said would you do me a favor would you I don't know when you're gonna finish that but would you would you paint that you know for me and I want to use that this Sunday but everybody this is victory this is Cheety, it's Chidi the cheetah creative name right everybody give victory a round of applause for that but also check this out isn't that a beautiful beautiful painting that she made for us today. Everybody, this is Cheedy the Cheetah, and she wanted to make sure everybody knew who painted it at the top. She's got her name at the top and then Chidi, um, at the at the bottom, but I just love that victory. Thank you so much for this, and I will give this back because even though this is very, very valuable to me, I know it's very valuable to you, and I also know that there are two people sitting on each side of you that it's very valuable to them. When I was a kid, I remember thinking that I was the greatest artist because my my, my some of my pictures, as yours were too, and we talked about it before the, the service, but... Not everybody's pictures make it to the refrigerator. Come on, did your picture make it to the refrigerator from time to time? And so anyway, this is very valuable. And guess what? It may even really become more valuable later on. Like if she really sticks with art and she's passionate. You know, how many of you know that God is able to make some of her pieces in the future very valuable. And so I might be asking for this back if that happens because, because sometimes you, you, know, you, you want the early work. The early work is some of the most uh, uh, valuable work that there is. But I just want you to know that, that God is in the middle of creating something new inside of us. And God is an artist. How many of you know that he's creative and he's artistic, right? Right and God's art is unique like um like I'm not a huge artist like I would I could walk you know through a a, an art museum what may take somebody else several hours to go through it I'd probably make it through in about 12 and a half minutes honestly And, and but I do really enjoy like Thomas Kincaid how many of you have seen some of Thomas Kincaid's paintings and so Thomas Kincaid is known for his ability to capture light in ways that is that is apparently very, very difficult, but it makes a lot of sense because his work is beautiful. But then you've got Monet. Monet is, is known for... for how he paints with watercolors. And then you've got Picasso. And in my opinion, and I don't want to be offensive to anybody, but that's just weird. Like when you got an eyeball up here and then you got a mouth down here and then a, another eyeball below the mouth. It's like how in the world that is valuable? I don't get it. But for, uh, for some people, it's like brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. But this is what I'm saying is, is that you can look like with me with Thomas Kincaid, I can go into somebody's home, and if they've got it displayed, I don't have to go look at who painted it. I can identify the work by the strokes and, and, and by, the, by the way that the artist you know uh, has painted the painting. And this is what I can tell you. God is the same way. God is the same way. And if you don't believe me, go on a mission trip sometime. You will find people that have been raised very differently than you've been raised. They experience life in a very different way than what you've experienced life. They've been brought up in different ways than what you've brought up, been brought up. But this is what I can tell you. In a matter of moments, you're going to identify that the same artist that's creating a masterpiece in them is the same artist that's been doing a work in your life. Amen? And so, so you can see his uniqueness in and through his work. And so over this series, we're going to examine his work In our series. So the very first brushstroke that I want to talk to you about today is number one, you need to know this: the gospel brings change, not improvement. And once again, God is not interested in just improving your life, making your life a little bit different. This is a concept, unfortunately, that's foreign to me, but is very common in a lot of people well god i'm just getting you know what i mean i'm just uh, uh, like he's taking those broken pieces and putting them back together he's he's not interested in just you improving he wants to change and transform your life amen over the years we've had some folks come through you know come through the church and and um, you know, new and and usually I'm pretty good at identifying if somebody is there for the first time. Not always. I've made the mistake. Hey, man, is this your first time here? And no, we've been here about five or six times. And I feel about this big at that at that moment. Um, but but a lot of times I'm I'm used to, you know, used to recognizing wow, and I'll get a chance to shake somebody's hand and and um and and always ask always ask what did you think about the service what did you think about it and wow you know um i really liked it it seemed it seemed relatable my kids really enjoyed the children's you know program and and they seemed like they made some friends back there and i'm like that's good that's good but then sometimes and this question isn't always asked of me maybe it's asked through somebody else but sometimes they will ask the question i like it and all but are you guys going to expect me to change, you know, like change who I am? And I hope you would answer it the same way that I would answer it. And that is absolutely, absolutely. But we're not going to be the one that changes you. It's God that's going to be, you know, the one that changes you, right? He is in the business of transforming and changing lives. And oh, by the way, you're in good company because i too am being changed and transformed into his image and his likeness and he's not just improving on something that's already great come on he's making something brand brand new and this is that scripture i was talking about second corinthians five seventeen. it says this if anyone is in christ he is a new creation somebody say new creation old things have passed away that means that they're not there anymore and behold, all things become new. What this is talking about, this new creation, is is, we get the word uh, metamorphosis from the same root meaning. Metamorphosis means actually to change. Like the gospel equates to a changed life. Good news is you are no longer the same. You are changed into his image and, and likeness. And so I've never heard, I've never heard of a group of people flocking to a certain part in the world to go see a bunch of caterpillars that are just like nasty old ugly spiked out caterpillars with funky things and slime coming out their back i've never seen people flock to a destination in the world to go see a bunch of ugly caterpillars but i have heard of a lot of people even here in idaho where people will come thousands of miles at the right time in the right season where they will where they will you know they the, these these butterflies these beautiful butterflies come out of their cocoon if that's what they're even called there's some scientific name for it but but uh, i think cocoons are for moths is that correct there's something else for the butterfly they break out and then all, what is it? Say it one more time. A chrysalis. That's what it is. So they break out and now the beauty, I mean people from all over the world will come and they'll flock to certain certain areas. Why? Because there's been a change. the very nature, the very everything has changed um, you know, in the transformation of that caterpillar becoming. A butterfly let's go ahead and take a look at john chapter 3 and verse 1 it says this there was a man by the name of nicodemus now listen nicodemus was a religious leader he was a pharisee and in fact if jesus before this point if he had never met nicodemus jesus went within about a second would be able to see him coming from a distance and and jesus would say "Ah, oh, there's a pharisee there's a pharisee by the way he would carry himself And by the garb, the the outfit that he wore, um, Jesus, in a matter of a second, maybe even sooner than that, would say, oh, here's here's one of those elitist religious leaders. And uh, there was a man named Nicodemus. He was a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. Imagine that. I just said that. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Now, the reason why I underlined after dark is because I think it's interesting. Why would he go after dark? Why would he go under the cover of the night? The reason he would go under the cover of the night is because he didn't want any of his other friends to know that there was an attraction, that there was something that was drawing him to Jesus. And let me just share with you, just for a moment, as I feel led to do, I think it's very possible maybe that there are some here today presently or online that you're you're like if I was going to be honest man God's been doing some real work in my in my life but I'm living my life in the dark like I'm not ready just to come out into the light and let people know you know what I mean that that Jesus has my life right now and I'm just telling you this. That it is very important that you live your life as a Christian in the light and not in the dark. Let me also tell you this. It is impossible for you to half-step with the Lord. It's impossible for you to keep one foot in the world and one foot, come on, in the church or in relationship with Jesus Christ. Right? You're going to end up loving one and you're going to despise the other. There's a conflict. And oh, by the way, Jesus is a jealous God and he wants all of you. He wants absolutely every ounce of you. So if you're here and you're contemplating, you know, telling the people that you work with and telling your friends and 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 just changing some things. Let me talk to any young ladies that might be here. Maybe you're here and God's been really working in your in your life, but you've got a boyfriend. And and maybe that boyfriend has nothing to do Doesn't want to have anything to do with religion. Doesn't want to have anything to do with a relationship with God. Doesn't even know if he believes in God. And you're wondering, man, should I cut it off with this guy because the direction that my life is going and the direction that his life is going, they'll never meet up. The answer to that question is, yeah, go ahead and text him right now and say, my pastor said that you can even blame me. You can blame me, but I'm telling you this. There's no fellowship that light has with darkness. There's no fellowship. And so I'm just encouraging you. I'm encouraging you that it's time to come out. Don't be sneaking around in the dark like Nicodemus. Now, now, there's a lot that changes here. But, but anyway, after dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, Rabbi. And I underline rabbi because at this point, at this moment, all he saw Jesus was being was a great teacher. That's what rabbi is, is a teacher. So he's a teacher, you know, and I'm just saying this, that while we love to gather up every single Sunday and we love to grow in the Lord here, like hopefully you know more about the Lord after, after being a part of grace church or any church for that matter, you know, like the. The vehicle is to teach you about how good God is. But the goal is not just for you to be smarter. The goal is not for you just to know more and have a a greater understanding. The goal is that that word that you understand, it actually takes root and it changes your life. Like you, you do things differently because of the word that you are that you are taught and that very word washes over you and it's the washing of the word that changes and transforms the life of a person right it's not just so you can debate a little bit better or have a little bit better arguments or or you know what i'm saying like the we teach you not just for you to get a bigger head we teach so that you can now be equipped and changed and transformed more into 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 Uh, into the way that Jesus is, all right? Somebody say amen there if you agree with that. So Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. He's done more than that, but but, uh, this is where he was at. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And so we desire encounters here at Grace Church. And I want you to know that my prayers are that we would have more miraculous signs, more encounters. Why? Because, because this isn't the only thing, but it is one thing that... That, that is used to gather people's attention and also change. So every single time that somebody raises their hand and they say, hey, listen, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to repent of my sins. How many of you know that's a miracle, right? There's something that has happened in the moment that has the ability, the power come on to change a life for the rest of their days. That one second and so we appreciate we long for the moments we desire the moments we desire we desire counters encounters we desire uh uh catalytic moments powerful moments where it's like man I don't know what just happened but I am thinking differently than I've ever thought before my desires have shifted and changed. I never, I never desired this in the future. Now this is the main thing that I desire. You understand? And so, and so he said, we know that you've been sent by God. You're a teacher to teach us because your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Now listen, this is one religious man in nicodemus's mind speaking to another religious man right jesus puts him puts him on blast here he says listen you know what i mean you're following you're following some gospel but it's not the right gospel you're following the teaching gospel the knowledge gospel but it's not the right gospel and jesus just brings it right to him he says he says i tell you the truth nicodemus unless you are born again you cannot see the kingdom of God. This, this wrecked him because, man, he's been studying. He's been memorizing. He's been, you know, he's been doing all that's required. He's been dressed certain ways. He's not been doing certain. He's been holding himself back from doing certain things. And then all of a sudden, Jesus hits him right between the, li- the, the eyes. Uh, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb a second time? See, he didn't understand it. You and I understand it that it's talking about a spiritual birth, right? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives and dwells in you and me when we confess our sins, when we repent of our sins. We say, "Please forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior." Come on, you are there's a there's a birthing experience. and and, and listen this right here i'm just going to hit it i'm not going to go into it much but uh, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb be born again next slide jesus replied i assure you that no one can enter the kingdom of god without being born of the water the water a lot of different teachings on this some people believe that it's water baptism other people believe it's the water of the birth canal the natural the, the natural you know birth but we need to be born of the water of the spirit Nicodemus had never been born of the spirit right humans can reproduce only human life but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life and so and so I'm just saying the gospel is a changed life in and through come on the work of the Holy Spirit in your life unless you're changed from the inside it's not the right gospel number two is this God loves us just the way we are, but loves you too much to leave you there. In Christianity, it seems like there's two versions of this, right? There's the Christian that the Christian perspective that says, you know, God just, just come as you are. Just God loves you as you are. And and, and then there's the version uh, that, you know, usually is behind a, a long, you know, crooked finger, you know, change, you know yeah boy if you don't turn you're gonna burn you know what I mean you need to change your ways you need to change you need to change 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 and so you've got one side over here and this is completely wrong grace 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 God's grace kisses all over your face and we love you and and you know you don't have to do nothing just show up and just enjoy the spirit and and just love Jesus just love God and and, man, let's just love one another and, and grab hands and kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. And, and all this grace, 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 grace. Kissy, kissy, kissy all over your face. And then you've got over here, if you don't turn, you're, gonna, you know, you're going to hell. You know, hell. Hell's a hot place. Every, every, I remember when I was a kid, man, like I was so afraid that Jesus was going to return when I was having a bad day. And I had a lot of them. I had a lot of them, right, Anthony? B- worst place that you could be, and you never went there, but I did because I was I was not as good as you were. But the worst place that you could be when Jesus returned was a movie theater, right? A movie theater, and uh, and you know you Jesus could pull you through this ceiling, but there was something special about a movie theater ceiling. It was reinforced. There was no way, you know what I mean, that 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 you were gonna. You were going to get through that but man I would cry myself to sleep as a kid we'd have evangelists evangelist come through talking about hell and I knew I was going there I was going I was going to be first in line and I would cry and the fear man that I had was just crazy but but I'm just saying either one of these ideas are wrong in themselves it's actually both John chapter 1 and verse 14 shows us that The word became flesh, which is Jesus became flesh. You know that Jesus is the word and Jesus being the living word is never going to contradict the written word or the spoken word. They're always going to be in complete unity. I'm just going to park here for a second because I'm feeling something. When I was in youth ministry and I would love to tell you that this ended in youth ministry. But when I was in youth ministry, I would have some young people come up to me and say, you know what I mean? I, I know the Bible says that, you know, you're not supposed to do this. But And they would just look at you, bold faced, This one person would just, a little, little, little guy would look at me, and he would be like, you know what? But I was praying, and the Spirit told me, for me, it's all right. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, the Spirit may have told you, just not the right spirit. <laughs> But I'm telling you, I have had full-on conversations with adults that have been raised in the church, looked at me the same way and said, you know what? I know that's what the Bible says, but I was praying and God showed me, God showed me that this is okay. I'm like, okay, all right. Right? Good luck. <laughs> right? Don't know where I was going with that other than, other than, The Word became flesh. Jesus is the living Word. He is the same as the written Word. His Word is the same. There's complete unity and agreement in in the written Word and the living Word and spoken Word. All right. So, He came to make His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and the only Son who came from the Father full of what? Grace and truth. And so grace and truth, fullness of grace and truth is, is who it is. So he, he loves you enough to say, come to me just like you are. You don't have to fix yourself. You know what I mean to come and be saved. You can be messed up, broken, smoking, drinking, cussing, running around. Come as you are. Give your life to me and then trust The process of change that's going to come in, that's going to take place naturally. You're not going to have to, you know what I mean? Like your desire is going to be to to, to change, to, to, to get some things that are out of order, in order. And oh, by the way, I'm not just going to leave you there. I'm going to help you. I'm going to make this possible because of my spirit in you. So grace invites us to be free and truth sets us free, right? Number three is this. I had a hard time with this one. Forgive me. It's not easy for me to share, but it's the truth because I'm responsible for the full counsel of God to share with you. One of the most scary scriptures in my, in, in my Bible, in your Bible, is you know, some people standing before the Lord and saying, we've done all these things in your name. We've laid hands on the sick. We've cast out demons. We've done all these things in your name. And Jesus looks at them right in their eyeballs and says... Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because I don't know who you are. So there are people, maybe even people in this church, possibly people in this church that think that you're in a great relationship with God, only to find out that you're not. And I hate that, but this is the cool thing about it. By me sharing that the way I shared it, everybody right here should be at this moment. Do I know Jesus? Yeah, I'm good. I know him. And he knows me. But in the event that you don't know Jesus, then that shows you that you need to know Jesus because it's better that you find out that you don't know him right now than find out when you're standing in front of him that you never knew him, right? And so this is not easy for me, but it says, if I'm not changing, I might not know God. And the reason why I put might not is because I'm not your judge. I don't even look at people and ask, well, I wonder if they really know Jesus. Like, I don't just, I don't, I don't even, that doesn't even, that's not my job. That's his job. I don't even want that job. However, I have met some people that they have taken it on as their own job. Like, they were, boy, I can't even believe all this stuff happening around here. Is are any of these people even saved? Are they, any of them even saved? Like, why would you want to? Why why would you if you're wondering if somebody's saved how about have a conversation with them and pray for them and 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 make sure that they're that they're saved just because they're struggling and maybe still making some decisions that are not conducive to a mature christian doesn't mean that they're not saved right it doesn't mean and and so and so anyway i'll just i'll just I'll just leave it at that. But the truth is, is there are people that might not know God. First John chapter one says it like this. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. You know, I have literally met, maybe, maybe there's been only two or three people that I've met, and I've heard about other people having conversations with people about this same topic. I have met people that have looked in my eyeballs, and I really believe that they believe it, where they said, you know what, I've been walking with God so long, I don't even sin. And I'm like... I don't believe you, and I'm not buying it. Um, but there are people, and how you can look at this: if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Come on, the the the, the God is not looking so much at behavior as He is a changed and a transformed heart, it, because this is the deal. I believe wholeheartedly, and if you disagree, we can talk about this, and, and I would be more than happy to even buy you lunch and we can talk about it. But I believe that God knows that you're you, when you give your heart to Jesus, you're not going to be perfect from that point forward. Like, you're going to come up short. And so, what he is looking at is not necessarily your behavior. He's looking at your heart. This is why man judges a person by their outward appearance i've had a lot of people that you know are covered in tattoos we got a chance to baptize a guy just this few weeks ago covered in tattoos and he asked, he said hey are my tattoos going to be okay i said i sure hope so because i've got some myself and so he's like, am I going to be able to? I'm like, you better believe it. Absolutely. But this is the problem in, in, our, in, our, in, our, in our limited ability. We look at people's outward appearance, but God says, listen, who can judge a man's heart? Only he can. He knows what's going on inside the heart, regardless of how their outer shell looks. Right now, I do believe that you will be able to identify people in time that wow, because what they're producing outwardly is going to it reveals the the the, the 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 what's on the inside, right? It's like your language. If you're still going to church and you're cussing all the time, hopefully you're not cussing near as much as you were before you started going to church. But if you're still foul and you think foul, then then maybe you need to allow God to get in and start painting You know, some of the other areas of your life and not keeping Him, not keeping him away from some of those closed-off areas. Like, Lord, you can have all of this, but don't touch this over here. Right? But there's a natural change that takes place when the Spirit of God is on the inside because He doesn't play second fiddle to anything. And oh, by the way the conviction that comes by the holy spirit man don't do that you know how foolish you sound when you're cussing all the time you sound ignorant and then and then you know what i mean like your testimony is is shot down and it's amazing how the lord can can just change and and bring things into your understanding the word that was just common language. F this bleep that blue doop doop whatever whatever. That was con- that's just how you got along in life. But now you go to say it and you're just like man, that just some. I'm just not even the same person. And then the people that you're around, they're like man, what you don't even. You're right, I don't man. God's doing something something special in me on the inside. All right, so if I'm not changing. I may not know God. So 1 John chapter 1 and verse 6. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So the idea is the confession of the sin. Like, listen, when you sin, don't hide it in the dark. Oh, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm doing great. I'm just, I'm wonderful. And oh, by the way, I'm not saying blast it in front of everybody, but the one person that you better be on the up and up and the honest with, like people died over their gift of a tithe because they lied about it and they were struck dead immediately. Like you better be at the minimum confessing your sin to God, not trying to cover it up. Like he sees everything. He knows everything that you think before you speak it. So for you to try to cover it up and say, no, no, I, 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 that wasn't me. That, nope, that wasn't me. You got cookie crumbs all over your face. You know what I mean? Did you get in the cookie jar? No. Did you ever see some of those YouTube videos? Man, who got in the, did you get in the cookie jar? Oh, no, I didn't get, you got chocolate all up in your face. You know what I mean? God knows, he knows. And so, man, confess your sins. If we claim that we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. First John chapter 5.3 This is love for God to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome. I love this. How can something not be burdensome is if you're desiring to do it. Could you imagine some of you guys have had to go work a job that you hated work. You, you, you just despised every single day. And so guess what? That job was burdensome. And if you're not close to retirement like you got plenty of time to shift get out of that job that you do not like going to and find something that you're going to love to do because when you love to do something and, and and you just show up because you love to do it and sometimes you're just like i can't even believe they give me a paycheck to do this Come on, then it's not burdensome because you desire to do it. And this is what happens when you give your heart to the Lord. It's not that you have to quit drinking, you have to quit smoking, you have to quit running, you have to quit curry, you have to, don't do this, don't do that. Don't. No, there's something that shifts inside of you and you're just like, you know what? I desire, come on, to please the Lord. And, and it's, not, it's, not, it's not burdensome. Awesome. All right, so three things real quickly, um, three things that we allow God to transform us. Number one is let go of your past and focus on your future. You cannot reach for what God has for you out here if you're concerned and consumed with what's happened back here. Some of you guys need to learn to forgive yourself as you have received God's forgiveness. Right. And some of you have to make a clean cut because once again, God's doing something special in your life, but you're still trying to stay connected to the past, which is no good for you. I can tell you this and I'm not saying I'm not saying that you need to do what I did, but I'm telling you what, when I was pulled over for that DUI and I went home and I told my wife, we're going to church. That was the last phone call for many years. A lot of these relationships have been, you know, uh, reestablished and it's cool how God has used me, um, you know, to, to, to just share the gospel in these circles. But I'm telling you what, man, I severed like people, if they believed in the rapture, uh, they probably thought that, that I was taken away, uh, because I was there one day and I was gone the next. And, and, and I'm just saying, I, I had to, I had to, I had to focus on my future and forget the past. I had to be very, very radical in that, in that approach. And so, um, it's crazy how God also chooses the messed up. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I want you to know that Moses was a murderer. He was a, he was a stutterer. He was a thief and God used him as a deliverer. Saul was a, um. Saul was a murderer. He was a separator of families, a destroyer of families through innocent people in prison just because of their belief in, in, in Christ. And, um, and God used him as a mouthpiece and an author to pen the majority of our, of our New Testament. David was a thief. He was a liar. He was a cheater. He was a murderer. He was an adulterer. And in my conversations with other men, a lot of the times, i'll ask hey who do you relate to most in the bible many times it's it's david and so listen if you've got kind of a sketchy past you're in good company um you're in good company your past is not going to in in fact god can use your past in powerful ways um to, to to you know to to use you in the in the future and so that's all i'll say about that um I'm going to skip Colossians. Let's go to number 2. Invite God to change everything. Invite God to change everything. Once again, many people we will say, "God, you can have all of my life." Like if I had a canvas up here that was just completely, you know, clean, n- no brush strokes on it whatsoever, we could say, "Okay, God, I want you to have all of my life. Create something beautiful, but do not touch this upper left-hand corner because that's just for me." And I'm just saying this, that you're going to end up allowing him to touch that at some point in the future. Why don't you just go ahead and let him do it today? You know what I'm saying? Invite God. Why is the word invite there? Can't God just go ahead and just paint wherever God wants? I mean, he is God, right? But that's not his mode of operation. Like his mode of operation is this. I stand at the door and knock. And anyone who hears and comes and opens the door, I will... Enter in, and I will, I will have fellowship with him, right? And so the invitation is you opening the door. He's not going to break down your door, kick it in, come through, the, you know, come through the window. He's like, listen, I'm here. When you're ready, you open the door. He'll come in and begin to change. And so listen, allow God. Isn't it time to come out from that addiction? Isn't it time to come out from that thing that nobody else really knows about but you know about? I want you to know this that, that God has something special for you. Here's my life, the whole canvas. Galatians is written to the local church, and this is, an, this is what an untouched canvas looks like. So, God hasn't done any work in this canvas. This represents you and I and everybody without the Lord. The acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality impurity and debauchery debauchery is a fancy word where you just do whatever your senses want to do like you desire to do something I'm gonna do it you only live once right YOLO that was a little while ago I still feel cool saying it though impurity and debauchery idolatry and witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness. I know a lot about this one right here, drunkenness. And let me just, I'm gonna park on that just for a second. Like, listen, drinking is not a sin. You're never gonna learn that here at Grace Church. We're not gonna condemn you for having a glass of wine. I cannot believe that you had wine or you had a beer on a hot summer day uh, for some of you. Some of you that are like me, probably not the best decision. Okay. But this is the issue. Drunkenness happens whenever that drink has an influence over it. Well, you just don't understand, man. It helps me take the edge off. And I just, I'm able to relax. And, and, you know, you get that buzz going on. You're just like, I'm not drunk. I don't know if I'd really drive, but I'm not drunk. Like like we play games with, with this so much in the church because the church's approach in a lot of circles was like, no, 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 no. It was the law, right? It was the law. Don't drink. If you drink, you're going right to hell. But now it's like people are reading their Bible and they're saying, listen, it's okay to have wine. It's good for, it's good for the belly. It's good for the stomach and, and, and this and that. But how many of you are using it for medicinal purposes? and and this is the deal if you need that one or two or three glasses of wine you know what i mean to take the edge off instead of going to the spirits alcohol is called spirits just want you to know instead of going to the spirits why don't you go to the holy spirit that can fix that come on you know for once and for all And so once again, I'm not saying don't drink, but I'm telling you that a lot of times people under, you know, under the guise of it's okay to drink in the Bible, you know what I mean? You know that you take it a little bit too far. And so you're using something as an advantage. But once again, the Lord knows and he's not fooled. You might be able to fool me or fool somebody else, but the Lord knows if that's an issue. And if it's an issue, make the hard decision and come out from that thing. All right, I'll get off of that. All right, verse 22, let's go ahead. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy. And and listen, just because you have the spirit doesn't mean you're gonna possess all of these. In fact, um, there's forbearance. That is a great word for the word patience. And sometimes I'm like, Lord, I got this area of forbearance over here. There's not a lot of color. You haven't done a lot of work in that. I'm inviting you. I need more work in the area of patience because sometimes I'm not the most patient person. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I love this. Against such there is no law. So you can't legislate this. Would you stop being a person that is impatient? By golly, it's time that you have some self-control. And I'm going to be watching you. Well, you're not very lovely lately. Neither well, are you. You know what I'm saying? So, so against such there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. So as you crucify the flesh, you walk in the spirit and with it, you know you crucify its passions and desires and god gives you new passions and desires amen you change old things are past once again all things become all things become new so how do you do this the book of psalm tells us i'm getting close guys hold with me how much time we got 1150 yeah, i'm doing All right, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, this word delight, if you'll study this out, it actually means to adorn yourself like a bride does for her husband on the night of their wedding. To adorn, prepare yourself, make yourself ready, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That means that God's gonna give me everything that I want. I've heard this taught before. Is God going to give you everything that you want? No. You know what he's going to do? He's going to change your want. Your want is going to be different. He's going to give you the desires of your heart because your heart changed. And come on, your heart is now in line with his heart. He's going to give you everything that you need, and it's going to be fulfilled, and it's going to be filled with purpose, and, and, and you get it. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and skip that. Da, da, da. Actually, let me finish the the, the scripture. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. Psalm chapter 37 and verse 4. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Number three is this and this is our last one. Allow the change to begin today. Like do not delay. Allow the change to begin today. Put it on a shirt. That's a good one right there. Do not delay. Let's, let's, let's pin this out. We're going to need this. Do not delay. Allow change to begin today. First service didn't get that. Nope. <laughs> Only second service. Do not delay. Quit fighting against what it is that the Lord's trying to do in your life. Amen. You know, the Bible talks about how how when we read his word, it's like looking at a mirror, at a mirror. You know why it's like looking at a mirror? Because when you read God's word, listen to me. Now, this is why it's very valuable that each and every one of you fall in love with reading God's word every single day. Because when you look at God's word... When you read it, you know what it does? It reflects where you are. Like like you're going to be reading and you're just going to be like like the Lord is going to show you and it's going to convict your heart in a good way. Wow. I need to change this, God. Will you help me change this, God? I need to I don't want to be like this anymore. And so there's a reflection of your life in and through the word. And then there's going to be other times. I remember I remember when I hadn't been saved very long, but I've told you guys that I'm, I was a terrible reader. I'm still not great at it. But my comprehension was even worse than my ability to even to even read and sound and, and intelligent. You know, I never I couldn't comprehend anything. But I remember as I just kept doing it. I kept doing it. I kept doing it. See, what I would do is I had one of them cool study Bibles and, and I would read a passage of scripture. And then I would go down to the footnotes in the bottom, and I'm like, what in the junk is he talking about here? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then I would read another little bit, and it'd catch my attention. I, You know, you can follow the, you know, the, the number, and you can find it in the bottom, and you're like, oh, here it is. And it would explain. I'm like, oh, wow, that makes sense. Well, there came a time when I was just reading by myself. I started playing this little game with myself, and I, I would read something, and I'm like, I'm gonna make a stab at it that this is what it's talking about, and I would guess, and I'd be like, I really think that this is talking about about you know this topic here, and then I would go down to the footnotes, and dude, I would celebrate because I nailed it. I was just like, yeah, I totally, I I didn't need those footnotes. You know what I'm saying? And so, so I'm just saying that. It's so important, even if you have to work at it, like I did, and I do. It's so important to get into your Bible and read it on a regular basis. Fall in love with it. Don't just read it to read it. Read it to understand it. and Read it to, you know, just say, Lord, minister to me. Show me what you want to show me, you know, today. Because there's a reflection that takes me. God will show you what needs to change in, in areas that are all right. So... It's a mirror. I'm going to go ahead and just close. With
0: you. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch.